When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Dags för ett nytt avsnitt av Champagnepodden. Idag är det Alertans dag, klockan är nu 20 minuter över sju. Jag har gett min sambo en fin hårinpackning från Caristas. Så att hon står i duschen nu ett bra tag så att jag har tid att spela in det här för eftersnacket i lugn och ro. Jag sitter och myser lite grann med en rosé från Döps. Deras non-vintage rosé då, som jag tycker är... Väldigt, väldigt trevlig och det passar ju bra då till dagens avsnitt. Jag tycker att de här avsnitten som är med intervjuer med vinmakare och, och, och ägare vds av Champagnehus är de roligaste att spela in. Men det är också lite grann knepigare att spela in dem när de är på engelska. Och intervjun spelade in förra veckan. Jag var Väldigt, väldigt förkyld och eh, vad jag märkte var att det var lite svårt att prata engelska faktiskt när man hade en, en ordentlig förkylning. Men i alla fall den här veckan ska ni få, få lyssna på Jean-Marc Lallier Döds som är då sjätte generationens Döds. Eh, vi ska förflytta oss till eh, La Bocca som är en fantastisk restaurang uppe på Östermalm där vi då när intervjun görs så har vi precis avnjutit en fantastisk härlig lunch där vi åt bland annat en hummeravioli, vi hade en, jag tror att det var en grillad torsk en rätt och sen så hade vi det som jag tyckte var allra bäst var en parmesanrisotto med kalvbress och självklart så drack vi döds genomgående till till rätterna så att vi började med en eh, tre liters dödsbrutt klassik. Eh, mycket, mycket gott. Eh, vi fortsatte med eh, den nya Blan de Blan 2011 som kommer släppas på bolaget tror jag, under våren. Och eh, 2011 är inget jättestarkt år men det är ett år som är moget, trevligt, tillgängligt redan nu. Och eh, min son som många kanske vet är ju född 2011 så att, eh, det känns ju extra roligt. Och sen så fick vi smaka 
Eh, egentligen det som vi, vi kom för och det var ju deras nya cuvée hommage, en eh, Blanda Noir som vi gjorde på endast två stycken vingårdar och det kommer ni självklart få höra mer av från eh, experten eh, och sedan så avslutade vi då med cuvée William Dutz 06 som är ett, eh, ett fantastiskt vin och det är ju en hyllning då till en av grundarna till det här fina champagnehuset. Vi kör osponsrat även den här veckan. Och är det så att ni är intresserade av att sponsra podden får ni jättegärna höra av er till martin.champagnesweden.se Nu tycker jag att vi rullar intervjun och förflyttar oss till La Bocca på Kommendörsgatan. I'm sitting here at La Bocca with Jean-Marc Lallé-Dutz. Very nice to meet you. Therapy to meet you. Pleasure to have you here. <laughs> It's my pleasure. <laughs> How are you? Well, I'm very well. We just enjoyed a nice testing with uh, some of our uh, customers and uh, fans of the Dutch brand. And uh, we went through four of our champagne. That was a good experience. Yeah, the, the food was great, but uh, I think the champagne was even better. Yeah, we love uh, associating our different cuvées with different ty- type of uh, dishes and uh, uh, creating this uh, association, this harmony can sometimes allow a great moment of emotion. I think we had today. Yeah. Yeah. How do you pronounce the name Dutz? Because uh, people are saying it in uh, a lot of different ways. Dutz is, uh, is a name that has some German origins. Huh? The founder of the company, uh, William Dutz, was uh, uh, coming from Aachen in, uh, in Germany. And he started the company at the age of 25. Um, uh, he based the company in our little village of Ai, Ai being uh, one of the oldest renowned Grand Cru for Champagne. Yes. Um, and um, yeah, yeah, he was coming from a German family, so uh, um, uh, the origins are, are very Germanic. Now people pronounce it uh, like this, Dutz, uh, in France. Yes, and how, how would you pronounce it in, uh, in Germany? Dutz. Dutz as well. <laughs> A lot of people say Deutz. Yeah, some people can say Deutz. Uh, well, uh, this is not a very uh, uh, important matter. No. Uh, uh, what comes for us is the, that under our name Dutz, uh, our customers recognize Uh, a very uh, specific style, a distinctive style uh, that we base on the finesse and delicacy and purity. Yeah, but uh, can you tell me a little bit about yourself because you're the seventh generation of the family. Not yet, six. Six. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Uh, yeah. William Dutz was my ancestor who started the company, and uh, uh, the company was in the hands of my family, uh, generation after generation, until uh, 1993. Huh? Yes. And from 1993, uh, we, uh, after my grandfather died, we we had to reorganize uh, the the structure of the house. We've been lucky enough to seduce another Champenois family uh, called the Rousseau family. And the Rousseau family is owner 
of companies like uh, Domaine Hot in Provence, like uh, uh, Ramos Pinto in Portugal, Pichon Longville Comtesse de la Lande in Bordeaux, uh, um, some operation in the States, and also another champagne house called Louis Roderer, which enjoys an enormous reputation worldwide. Yes. So we've been lucky enough to enter a very solid group, an independent group, and the idea of the Rouleau was very, very uh, uh, original. The idea was to... Uh, Gift us a complete autonomy into the group. So there, there was no um, synergies found, and we did continue since 1993. We did continue developing our house, um, developing our relation with growers, developing our own uh, approach of the vine growing, the winemaking, but also the distribution. And that was founded, is it 1838? 1838, 1838. Uh, yeah. and uh, after the first and the second world war, uh, did you have any like difficulties with the um, uh, the name Dutz? And because it's uh, it's a German name, some of I, I've heard some of uh, the champagne houses even changed yeah. their names. Uh, well, difficulties were above expectation. Uh, uh, for two generations, uh, we uh, we did run our company uh, with uh, one major market, Germany. Uh, the reputation, the, uh, um, the, the the reputation of Champagne, the value of Champagne was very much um, established on the German market, and uh, a huge part of our production for two generations was shipped to Germany also to the Nordic part of Europe. Okay. Uh, a Russian, Russian market was also very excited about champagne. So uh, being in war against our cousins was a nightmare. Uh, yeah. It was not only a nightmare, uh, not only a problem, it was a, a big nightmare on the human side, but also uh, for, the, for the company. Uh, we suffered from that, of course, uh, but we survived. Uh, yes. We survived, and I think what did help us a lot was our capacity to develop far away exports. Uh, when the name was sounding a little bit too German in France, it was not sounding the same on the US market or in Asia. And our capacity in Champagne region to uh, pay attention to those uh, far away exports did help us a lot. Uh, uh, voilà. So we based our uh, marketing, our communication on very uh, simple things. Um, I remember my grandfather explaining to me that uh, there was a time when uh, in our cases of Dutz, we would place a picture of him with his medals and his military uh, really? dressing, him and his father, huh? the, both, both of them being officers in yes. active service. and. On the label of our champagne uh, bottles, it was written, this brand, this French brand, sorry, belongs to French officers on active service. Really? <laughs> That's it. For how long time? Uh, Very imaginative marketing. Okay. <laughs> Afterwards. Okay. Afterwards. Yeah. To speak a little bit more about yourself, um, you were grown up in, in, uh, in the champagne business. Uh, of course, and uh, do you remember the first time when you got in contact with Champagne? You know, when I you cannot, tried Champagne? because by tradition yeah. in Champagne region, when a new baby is born, you put a little zip of Champagne uh, on the lips. Okay. I was born in Champagne region and uh, I grew up in Champagne yeah. region. Uh, where, 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 that was important in, to in me. In which uh, village were you born? 
Well, uh, Dutch is located in Ai, yes. uh, uh, on top of the village, and my parents were living in the, in the same street, mm-hmm. just next to the winery. So, uh, so I was closely connected to the universe of Champagne from the very beginning. It's a period when there was no real um, public relation made at Dutz, mm. but my parents would invite people. Uh, and I remember those journalists coming from Japan uh, in the 70s. Um, uh, so the big uh, American customers visiting Champagne. It was always a dinner at home. Huh? So it was very uh, close and, uh, and, and kind relation between people. Huh? And the mansion of Dutz is very beautiful. Yeah, yeah. And for, for a long time uh, did your ancestors uh, live there? Well, uh, the uh, the family was always living in, in Ai, uh, yes. generation after generation, next to the winery. Uh, maybe it's only my generation that changed a little bit, uh, mm-hmm. uh, because we now live with the family in Reims, which is you just nearby. nearby. Okay. I can imagine that uh, living in Ai and also working in Ai is um, it's a quite small village. Everybody know each other, and you will bump into. Uh, But you know, we are so passionate about champagne. Yeah. <laughs> um, Ai has a, a beautiful terroir. It's a beautiful slopes. Um, um, I've been doing this road between. Uh, Uh, Ai, Dizi, Maroy sur Ai, Ovile, and uh, every day uh, uh, of the year there is a moment which is quite emotional. The light, uh, the, the 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 good looking of the vineyards. Uh, we we would not uh, uh, spend a day without uh, checking our vineyards. We have the two fits in our vineyards. It's quite important to yeah. us. Huh? Dutz runs uh, some 42 hectares of vineyards belonging hectares. to the house. Oh, we started the acquisition. In which uh, main villages? Ai, obviously. Yes. Uh, William Dutz started buying vineyards in Ai uh, at, the, at the very beginning. And then uh, we continued the acquisition uh, with one big idea in mind, making our blend uh, uh, consistent, making our style unique and perpetuate our style. So uh, we paid enormous attention to the acquisition of vineyards into Le Ménil sur Roger, Avis, uh, uh, Pierry, Moussy for the Pinot Meunier. So it was all very well selected from the beginning. Huh? Our chance probably is that uh, William Dutz from the beginning was paying enormous attention to the the technical aspect to the how do we make a champagne uh, distinctive in terms of style. And the 42 hectares of uh, land that you own, um, how many percent of uh, of your great needs uh, does it yeah. stand for? Probably uh, you know that uh, a good uh, 88% of our vineyards from Champagne region yes. altogether belongs to growers. Yes. So we like it or not, every champagne house is buying from growers. Yes. This is part of, of our balance, of our economical balance in champagne. At Dutch, we are lucky because we own 42 hectares. It does represent 25% of our needs, but it's already a great qualitative basis. Yes. Now, generation after generation, we developed some very uh, uh, privileged relation with about 30 families of growers, uh, they work hand in hand with Champagne Dots. On a technical standpoint, we uh, bring some uh, uh, technical uh, uh, expertise. We have our engineers, we have two analogists, we have one uh, uh, agronomical engineer, and we, we share 
with yeah. our growers. Uh, the our experience at Dutch, we have six experimental parcels. We know what biological means. We know what a reasonable uh, approach or or all kind of viticultural approach means. So we uh, we share with growers. Huh? And to be very honest, we make no difference today no. between the supply of a grower. Uh, part of our family or our own vineyards. It's all a matter of terroir. Uh, yes. Which terroir? What quality do we get from this terroir on a specific year? Uh, and uh, what's the total production of of the? Well, we have reached uh, 2.3 million bottles. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Maybe it doesn't mean much to you. It it does position Dutch among the uh, medium-sized companies. Yeah. 2.3 is big enough to create brand awareness yes. on the other side of the planet uh, to get a little bit of visibility uh, in the segment of deluxe uh, establishments but it remains quite small huh? yeah and uh, um, we should uh, start talking about um, your non vintage cuvee i think uh, the brut classic Uh, how many percent of the 2.3 million is uh, the Brut Classic? Yeah, uh, 80% is Brut 80%. Classic. Our approach is very traditional. When blending our cuvées, we always start blending the non-vintage champagne. So to us, it is like a, a kind of priority. Huh? We would have no hesitation using some of our best supply, best wine, best still wines to blend Brut Classic. And according to the year, if we have enough raw material, we can contemplate then the making of a vintage dated wine or a prestige cuvee. Yes. But uh, our reputation is big on that specific regard. Yes. We pay enormous attention to our Brut Classic. That's the, the most the, important yeah. event. Which for us is the most important, yes. definitely. I, I like it uh, a lot and yeah. I do a lot of uh, half-blind tastings when yeah. we're trying uh, different non-vintage champagnes and uh, Dutz is always uh, in, in the top. Thank you. So it's Thank very, you. very nice. I appreciate it. Uh, our, goal, our goal with Brut Classic is not to produce a very opulent or very rich champagne. The idea for us is to bring pleasure yes. to everybody. You don't need to be a champion to get the pleasure of drinking Brut Classic. So it has to be both fresh, clean, delicate champagne, but also with a certain level of maturity and a long, long, long lasting finish. Mm. Uh, and do you drink Brut Classic every day? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I drink Dutch every day, but this is my uh, this is my role today in the company, yes. uh, being, a, being a kind of brand ambassador for Champagne Dutz. Uh, I'm, I'm happy to uh, introduce the brand to all our supporters, being journalists or, or restaurateurs or, uh, or uh, owners, shop owners. Mm. We, we open doors at Dutz, but it's not public uh, uh, visits, it's very professional visits. We, yes. we, uh, we spend time uh, exploring the Dutz range with our supporters who are uh, uh, well, placing the, the, the brand. I remember when I was there, uh, I had a really nice uh, tour around and uh, in the cellar, they have been um, uh, lighting candles, uh, like uh, yeah, all over the cellar. And that was very, very nice. And it, it was the only house that uh, they had uh, like candle lights in the cellar. So well, it was uh, very special to us. Tradition is important to us. Uh, we are lucky we have uh, some old cattle that are link uh, that link our deep cellar, the place where today we store eight million bottles. Huh? Eight million? 
and uh, uh, we we have a link through the sellers uh, through the cavo to the house. Uh. Yes. So uh, for our visitors, we are happy to, uh, uh, of course, to, to to show them the way yes. <laughs> with with candles. It's a tradition. Uh. It's also an attention we pay to our visitors. We like to do it this way. Yeah, and it was very very nice. Mm-hmm. And we had the we had the tasting in the in this kind of Asian inspired room uh, facing the garden. The salon is Oiseau. Yeah, yeah, it was raining terrible, but it was yeah. beautiful. Yeah. It's a strong heritage from the past. Uh, we decorated this room at the period of uh, Marie Dutz, yes. daughter of William Dutz, second generation, around the 1860s. Uh, mm-hmm. So it's a long, long time ago. This room is important at Dutz because it is a place where we meet with our team of blenders. Uh, yes. we, are, we are together, five people, uh, involved in the blending of our cuvées, and we always meet into this room. Mm. And around the same table, we have, a, like uh, old boys, we have our place, we have our habits. Same glasses. And we have probably been working uh, blendings together with the same team for 15 years now. Oh, really? Yeah. And, and uh, you said that you had uh, 8 million bottles in, in the cellar, and uh, the thing that I found most uh, the most beautiful thing in the cellar was uh, the six liters of uh, Amour de Dutz. Yeah, this is uh, it's, it's a shining place. Yeah, uh, it's we, like uh, a golden area. Yeah, we, we took the decision long time ago to position our top Chardonnay champagne into clear glass bottle. Uh, in 1993, Amour de Dutz was born and the idea was to have it uh, presented into clear glass just to make the wine more glamorous, to yes. make it more shiny, more modern. Yes. Uh, maybe by opposition to Cuvée William Dutz, which is more authentical and traditional. Yes, uh, it is. Voilà. So we, uh, we have this cabot where the stock of our Amour de Dutz is placed, and uh, when you put light on a clear glass bottle, it's always beautiful. Yeah. Now, those bottles are big. It's also part of the game. Uh, we produce a very limited quantity, 365 uh, to be precise, Matuzella of the uh, Cuvée uh, Amour de Dutz, our top of the range. Yes. The Matuzella is equivalent to um, eight bottles, uh, yes. six liters. Yes. Yeah. So it's a big boy. It's a beautiful bottle. It's a big boy, and it's a wine that does allow us to enter into the deluxe category. Mm-hmm. On that regard, the Swedish market is important because uh, it doesn't happen to us every day to open a bottle. Mm-hmm. And the last time we did open a bottle, it was at uh, Opera Scheller. It was? With, uh, with our partners from Opera Scheller, we opened a, a bottle of this cuvée Amour de Dutz. Uh, um, so it was the Matuzella of the vintage 2002. 2002. Top vintage. Yes. Still very young. I know. Um, but uh, we didn't really uh, talk everything about the the brut classic. The brut classic is a it's a variety of uh, three grapes, thirty three percent of yeah, one third of Pinot Noir, one third of Chardonnay, one third of Pinot Meunier. Now this percentage uh, doesn't mean much uh, in Champagne region. What counts is more the origin of the grapes. Uh, my point is, it is Pinot Noir, yes, but it is for coming from Aïe, from Bouzy, from Ambonnet, from Verzi, from Verzenay. So top we have a list of top, top terroir like yes. that. Huh? The Chardonnay is coming from Côte des Blancs. Huh? Côte des Blancs is the location where we have our 
top, top uh, uh, villages of Le Ménil sur Auger, Avis, Cramont, Vertu, Auger. Yeah. So you, you realize where we do the Amode Dutch, of course. Where we do yeah. the Amode Dutch. You realize the, the blending is a very sophisticated equation, huh? which is not only entering three types of grapes, but uh, our expertise on uh, many different terroirs. Yeah. For Brut Classic, we produce about 90 different steel wines coming from different villages, different parcels. Yes. And uh, we blend it in different proportions. We use also reserve wines. Our chance in Champagne region, we can base our cuvee on two years or three years as we like. At and right now, it's a, it's a base of 14. Absolutely. Uh, the, the current blend is uh, the one we sell now is made of uh, uh, year uh, harvest 14 yes. and reserve wine is coming from harvest 13. Uh, okay. uh, only one year difference. But we like it this way. Now we use huge quantities of reserve wines. Uh, it's more than 40% of reserve oh, really? wines. Uh, so you need to get the capacity for doing that. Yes. And um, yeah, it's very very nice. And what's the biggest biggest market for for that? Uh, we uh, biggest export market among the 2.3 million bottles we sell yearly. Uh, a, a little a majority is going is going on the French market. Yes, we do sell about 53, 55 percent of our champagne on the French market. Uh, and we like it this way uh, because uh, to us it's important to shine and to uh, uh, to get this recognition from our local markets. Paris is important, the Riviera is essential as well. Huh? And then on the export front we do sell um, a lot to Switzerland. Switzerland, Switzerland. is um, uh, a traditional market for qualitative cuvées. They have a huge tradition for top deluxe hotels yes. and uh, and uh, the restaurateurs are very professional. So Switzerland is a is a market that fits perfectly well with the Dutch mentality and our uh, our our uh, activity and our culture that goes always direction to excellence. Okay. Now uh, and Sweden, what about the Swedish well, market? Swedish market is uh, probably one of the most successful market for Dutch. Is it really? Yeah, yeah. The market shares we have on the Swedish market are very big, uh, given our production and given our part of champagne production. Uh, it's it might be the best in the world. Really? <laughs> Absolutely. And what do you think about the Swedish consumers? Uh, Actually, we love Swedish customers and consumers because uh, they are both educated about champagne and excited about champagne. Uh, people enjoy champagne. People enjoy champagne not only as a festive uh, wine, they enjoy champagne as a serious wine, a wine that uh, will allow a great moment of, uh, of pleasure, uh, a wine that will allow as well uh, to, to show uh, the success, to show, to, uh, to identify with uh, success, with pleasure, with uh, fashion, with glamorous, etc. But the Brut Classic is the most popular, of course, in Sweden. It has to be. Eh? Yes. It's, uh, it's, uh, it's the core of our production. When we talk at Dutz about uh, a prestige cuvee like William Dutz or Amour de Dutz, it's, uh, of course, very limited quantities. And those wines are usually mostly dedicated to the top gastronomy. Yes. And, uh, and I think uh, I heard from uh, the winemaker at uh, Ruinar that... Um, 
the rosé market has grown uh, quite a bit uh, around the world, but the Swedish market for rosé is not growing so much. Yeah, rosé is. A... I, I must say that I really love uh, uh, Dutch rosé. True. Well, we 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 like it or not, we became good specialists of the rosé. We have today three prestige uh, three rosé, including a prestige rosé called Amour de Dutz. We have a vintage dated rosé, and we have a non vintage um, rosé. Uh, uh, William Dutz rosé. Uh, in the past, it was also William Dutz, not not produced uh, in the have last years. Amour de Dutz rosé now. Yes, we do. Really? Yes, we do. Which one is the first uh, vintage? The first vintage of Amour oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Dutz was 2006. Yes. And uh, the cuvee, uh, the special cuvee from Rosé that we didn't produce in the last uh, years was cuvee William Dutz Rosé. Yes. Yeah. Well, we need to pay attention to the uh, to the range, to the credibility yeah. of the range. And uh, with, uh, with our current range, we have uh, the non-vintage category, the vintage dated category, we have the prestige segment. Uh, we, uh, we need to have it very, uh, uh, not too complicated and, mm. and very clear, uh, accessible to everybody. Yes. And uh, because this is a champagne podcast, we should drink some champagne. With pleasure. Uh, and uh, which one do you think we should uh, start with? Well, uh, actually, we have here two uh, different cuvées. One is uh, homage to William Dutz, and the other one is cuvée William Dutz. So we have uh, uh, nice here two, two wines, which are two champagnes, which are uh, mostly focused on the Pinot Noir. Huh? Homage to William Dutz is, uh, is a very exceptional cuvée. Huh? Uh, and that's why you're here. Uh, yes, uh, I was here to introduce to the market. So should I pour you some uh, homage and then you can talk about it? Thank you very much. Yes. Love the sound <laughs> from the bubbles. As I did explain, uh, William Dutz had a very, very strong focus uh, on technical aspect of the vine growing. And uh, when he decided to establish in AI, it was for different reasons. Not only the coteaux are beautiful, but also the reputation of the terroir is historical. It's a long, long, long reputation dating back from the kings of France. And uh, the idea of William Dutz was to establish in Aïe for the prestigious and also the character of the terroir of Aïe. Huh? It's a unique character. Uh, the terroir of Aïe is one of the rare places in Champagne region where you find both harmony, balance, elegance, uh, but also body and complexity. Yeah? So it's a, it's a very special terroir. Huh? Sometimes the terroir is very much on the fruit, sometimes it's very much on the long-lasting finish or, or on the delicate attack, whatever. Yes. But here it is harmony, yeah? it sure. is elegance. Voilà. So William does And this is the first vintage of this cuvée. Yes, this cuvée is made exclusively of the Pinot Noir from Aïe. Two parcels which are located on top of the winery. So below the vineyards we have our 8 million bottle aging. Yes. On top we have an old parcel which is about 52 years old uh, where we picked a little quantity of uh, Pinot Noir and from harvest 2010 we decided we would make this parcel. Uh, type of wine. Uh, it's marginal in the range of Dutch. It's not. And what's part. the name of the parcels? 
the, the, the parcels are called La Côte. Uh, La Côte is the one right on top of the what winery. What does it mean? Does it have a meaning in... La Côte is uh, the, the hill. The uh, hill. The hill. Uh, okay. it's, it has a, a wonderful exposition direction to south yes. and, and the inclination of the La Côte is quite important. Okay. Uh, so the so wine, it's quite steep. Yeah, it's quite steep and, and the, the vines enjoy a great um, luminosity, lots of sun, and they also enjoy a good wind which is coming from the river Marne and blowing always, all along the year, to clean, to dry up, to clean yeah. the vineyards. Very exceptional nice, place. Nice uh, concentration. Good concentration okay. every year. Small quantity. Uh, we are always below appellation levels yes. with this kind of parcel, but good concentration. And, and the, other one, vine- yeah. the other one is called Meurthe, which okay. is just uh, on top of the hill, uh, just behind. Uh, well, uh, and what does it mean? Merte has no meaning. No meaning. No, okay. no, not really. By experience, uh, we we uh, we we know that uh, the association of those two parcels can can allow, in some specific years, a great uh, a great harmony. Uh, well, we celebrate this year our 108 years anniversary, and in 2010 we wanted to. Um, um, think about uh, having something a little special. Uh, yes. We wanted to create the opportunity uh, and we uh, and we prepared a tiny quantity of this parcel wine. How many bottles did you produce? Oh, I can tell, I cannot tell you exactly, but it's around something like 6,000 bottles available. So did you do any, very mag- limited. any magnums? <laughs> <laughs> Magnums uh, will be there. Uh, it, it, I, I love because it is the first question. Yeah. <laughs> Everybody is asking me. So, does if you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm lip fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. 
They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. It means the Magnum is, uh, is great for keeping champagne. Probably. Uh, yes, yeah. I think Magnum is... Uh, it's like a trend now. Yeah, yeah. We will have magnum. We have magnums available, okay. but uh, but it is in such limited quantities. Uh, I'm not sure we can talk very much. Only for the family. Yeah, yeah. No, <laughs> the point is we uh, with this cuvee. You know, we didn't position the cuvee as a prestige cuvee. Huh? We we position this cuvee as a kind of uh, exercise of style. Uh, we want to celebrate our rooting into the terroir of Aï. Huh? And the goal for us is to satisfy uh, our clientele, huh? to uh, uh, to get closely connected to our clientele. Huh? Um, I remember reading the, the words of uh, William Dutz, uh, who from the very beginning was very much attached to keep the contact always with the clientele, with, uh, with the customers, Dutz fans. And we are lucky enough uh, to have uh, some large groups of uh, Dutz uh, aficionados. See today, during the testing, more than two-thirds of the room already visited the house yes. and they followed uh, they followed the house for the last uh, 10, 15, 20 years. Yes. So we wanted to do something for them, uh, just to celebrate our friendship. Great, great. Yeah. And this one has been on the lease for about seven years? or This one was on the lease for seven years, uh, exactly. Uh, we produced from harvest to ten. Yes. Uh, and, uh, and gave time for maturation. You know, when you produce from a top terroir, like I, uh, in general from a Grand Cru, your duty as a champagne house is to do the job well, to do the job completely. Huh? And this type of uh, sourcing of grapes does impose a long maturation. Otherwise, you miss the point. And how would you describe the wine to the listeners? Well, uh, it's a wine that is carrying uh, very well uh, the typicity of our superb village of Aï. It's a Pinot Noir, so you get a nice uh, fruitiness based mostly on some stone, yellow and white fruits. Uh, you have a, a great maturation of the wine, so uh, uh, the wine is deep, intense. Uh, the, the character of the wine is very precise, uh, so you will recognize uh, when you're a uh, specialist or when you have a good experience, you will recognize the skin of the orange. There is a little touch of uh, ginger, which is evident uh, yes. on the finish and which does sign the, the, uh, the terroir of Aïe. Mm. But, well, difficult to say uh, words of fruits. What comes here is more the harmony, the balance. Huh? Yes. And you get both uh, finesse, delicacy, uh, elegance, but at the same time, a well-rounded champagne, a very silky texture, um, offering some little perfumes of uh, honey, almonds, whatever. Yeah, I think it's very, very nice. To yeah. our mind, it's, um, it's a kind of cuvee that does help a lot to introduce the beauty and the complexity of a prestige cuvee that we will test after that. Yes. Cuvee William and does. All the Swedish listeners is going to ask questions about when is the best time to drink it. And of course, the best time to drink it is now. Yes, it but, is. Yeah. But uh, uh, when do you think the wine will be at its uh, peak? 
Um, we, you know, we do. At Dutch, we like to do the job completely. When we release a cuvee, it is because we do consider it has reached a perfect balance. Now our wines are very solid. You know? yes. Our wines are very solid because from the very beginning they have a high level of uh, freshness and minerality. You can contemplate keeping this wine for the collectors for another 20 years. Yes. I'm sure. Yeah. Yeah. Great. Great. It's, it's lovely. And uh, I just ordered uh, two bottles from uh, Sustainable Nugget. <laughs> uh, you have to go to the private uh, import. Um, it's very nice. And should we try uh, uh, Cuvée William Dutz as well? Yes, sure. So this Cuvée William Dutz... Uh, Can I pour you a glass? With pleasure, thank you. Uh, Cuvée William Dutz is traditionally our Dutz prestige Cuvée. It was produced since 1961. Uh, Have you tried the vintage 61? I'm afraid not, I no. didn't, I didn't. Huh? Uh, we have few bottles left in the in the winery, but you know when you have so little quantity available, it yes. is like treasures yes. and you cannot. Uh, we um, we produced uh, from 1961, and the idea was to make a, a cuvee uh, special, um, complex, rich, full-bodied that will show all our expertise and tradition at Champagne Dutz. So we select, we are extremely selective here. The grapes are coming from Aï, from Bouzy and Embonnet Verzenay for the Pinot Noir, Le Ménil sur Roger Avis for the Chardonnay. Only the best villages. Yeah, I, I cannot so give you all the details. No, <laughs> it's a 100% Grand Cru. It's Grand Cru, it's Grand Cru, it's top parcels, which historically have proved they are consistent and they have strong personality. Mm. The goal for us is to produce a limited quantity uh, that will really uh, uh, allow to magnify the beauty of the terroir and the beauty of the year. We cannot produce Cuvée William Dutz every year. As I told you, uh, priority and uh, uh, well, uh, uh, the, the sourcing is first uh, dedicated to, uh, oriented to wood classic, huh? but we on a top year, when, the, when the, the year is outstanding, we can contemplate the production of about 30,000 bottles or, or between 15 to 30,000 bottles. And now we're drinking the vintage 06, yeah, yeah. which is going to be the next one, 07? 07 is uh, almost on the market. We, uh, we, uh, we have finalized, we, we finish now with the, the, the stock of our 206 yes. and we will embark on 07 within a month or two. So it's very, very next. Yeah. Yeah. And then everybody's going to ask about the 08. Of course. Are you going to um, do? Uh, do you know already if you're going to release uh, 09 before 08, or are you going to do? No, no. We will go. We will do 08 after uh, 07. Uh, after 07. Okay. Yeah, sure. Um, 08 is already introduced on the market through our half bottles. We uh, we oh, want, yes, yes, yeah, yes, we yes. wanted to present the beauty of 08, and we made um, a little. Uh, uh, a little pack with uh, one half bottles of Amour de Dutz Rosé 208, one half bottle of Amour de Dutz Blanc de Blanc 208, and another one of uh, William Dutz 208. So uh, it's yeah, that's a beautiful present. To it, it was an opportunity to uh, to explain to present the beauty of 208. 208 is outstanding, and we have some great moments in the future yeah. on those cubes. Huh? Intensity, deepness. Rich but so elegant. Mm. Yeah. Nice. 
And I have some some questions from uh, our listeners. One question is, how do you see the future trends? Uh, are you going to do like an ecological champagne or a, or a zero dosage champagne? I just we like to um, to continue our tradition. Huh? It doesn't stop us making some uh, new experience or or bringing uh, some uh, um, different views on the champagne making, but. But through the Dutch range, we like to keep on tracks. And uh, the future for Dutch is to continue um, uh, offering an outstanding non-vintage champagne uh, with a distinctive style and try to perpetuate the style. Huh? This is our future. Now, uh, uh, why not continuing those uh, uh, exercise of styles, experience on specific cuvee uh, that makes everybody dream? Huh? Yeah. Uh, and one uh, one of my friends, Alex Danielson, he wonders uh, when is his uh, Amour de Dutz 2006 on its peak, and what should he eat uh, when he opens the bottle? It's uh, it's a super question. It's a good question. You know, there is nothing more important when we have a nice bottle in the cellar. Uh, it's important to know how we will open the bottle, when with whom, in which circumstances. Because champagne is a kind of product you share with others. Um, I think with a bottle of Amour de Dutz 206, you can contemplate opening now because the wine is perfectly well matured. Uh, it is true that Chardonnay has an enormous potential for long, long keeping. Now, you know, if you have a wonderful bottle below the pillow, drink it. You never know how you wake up in the morning. No. <laughs> and what, what would be a good match uh, to pair with food? Oh, yeah. Amour is a now. glamorous cuvee. I would personally uh, uh, open the bottle with the people I really love. Uh, I would share it with few people huh? because it's a kind of cuvee that needs a little bit of exploration. Uh, I would uh, probably have it as a, a deluxe aperitif, but then continue uh, with the same wine, <laughs> if you have enough, uh, continue uh, with a, a first course based on uh, fish, seafood, uh, all kind of oysters, uh, scallops. Uh, it's, uh, it's always a wonderful match because Amour is very clean, very floral, uh, is having some beautiful citrus and, and um, grapefruit type of perfume. So it's matching well with seafood. Seafood, yes. And um, we have one question. Do you have any favorite beer? Do you drink beer? <laughs> uh, no, I cannot tell you. It would be a lie. I'm not a big beer drinker. Okay, okay. No. And, and if you would drink any uh, champagne um, outside the Dutch range, uh, what would you drink? Oh, that's a very tough question. Um, being part of that team uh, who is working on the blending, I'm always very curious about the champagne that uh, shows the typicity of the terroir because it does reinforce my experience on different terroirs. So, so I'm always happy to drink a bottle which is made from Le Menil exclusively or Avis or Auger or Ailly or Pierry, etc. So those, uh, those parcel wines just to enrich my, uh, uh, my experience and expertise for blendings. Yes. 
I think that's uh, the most in, in interesting thing, yeah. and that's uh, the beauty with uh, your new homage. Yeah. That's now, a, now our Dutch style is very much based on delicacy and finesse, but I do also appreciate on other brands mm -hmm. at the right moment a champagne to be more round or more full-bodied. Uh, uh, so uh, I'm not I'm not limited to mm -hmm. to Dutch. And I have a question: uh, How do you see the interest? For champagne from the Asian market, is it already a, a, a large market for uh, Dutch? It's a booming market for champagne, huh? and Dutch has a good place in on Asian market, especially Japan. Uh, yes. Japan is uh, really great, uh, but also uh, um, Taiwan, Singapore, Hong Kong, uh, main China, developing quite well. Um, we uh, we love this. Uh, approach of the Japanese, especially, because they are so curious, so educated on champagne. Um, first, of course, they want to experience the major names, but quickly, after they know about champagne, they would like all of them to explore the little jewels around, and here Dutch has a role to play. Mm. Yeah. And I have another question. Uh, uh, they just released a list of the most admirable uh, champagne brands in the world and the Dutz uh, climbed three placings and now they're in uh, place number 15. Are you happy with that uh, development or um, and uh, what do you see for the future? What's the like the ultimate goal for Dutz? Um, if I was in the shoes of my ancestor William Dutz, I would not be happy and I would tell you we need to be number one. <laughs> But I'm not, and today Champagne is different. Um, I think uh, we are very proud with Dutz to have reached this level of recognition and level of uh, respectability. Um, this is the, the core of our activity and efforts. Uh, now, a number, number this or that uh, doesn't count that much for us. Uh, what is important is that uh, we always offer our clientele uh, a good moment, uh, and we enjoy loyalty. I've got one example which is incredible. We've been working with one of the top, top hotels group called Peninsula for 30 years. We celebrate now 30 years of partnership. That is the house champagne of the Peninsula in Hong Kong, in Bangkok, in Taiwan, in uh, um, uh, New York, Beverly Hills, uh, etc. Paris now. Yes. Um, have you ever seen a brand having this long, long, long partnership for 30 years with such a high level of uh, uh, quality hotels? Uh, never, never. And we are very proud of that. Huh? We, uh, we know how to generate uh, uh, loyalty to the brand and we pay enormous efforts to continue in this direction. Okay. So you think uh, that in the future will... Uh do you think it could be number one in the future? Yeah, well, uh, we don't need to be number one. We need to be part of part of the uh, the, the respected brands. Huh? You know, we have a very specific culture in Champagne. Back to my ancestors, in 1882, we started the Syndicat des Grandes Marques. And just oh. just for the culture, uh, Syndicat des Grandes Marques did put together some 22 champagne houses and the idea of the syndicat was to impose ourselves some uh, technical rules. The goal was to hire the quality, the average quality of champagne and that attitude which can be described as interprofession 
did allow us to position champagne on top of the pyramid. So since many generations, we knew and we did learn how to respect each other, huh? how to understand the typicity, the personality of other brands. So I'm happy to be on the page, huh? yes. but number one, two, three or four, who cares? Huh? Yeah. But how often do you go to Sweden? Oh, uh, I try to come twice a year uh, yeah. to, uh, to uh, help to uh, accompany, to personalize our brand. Huh? Yeah. We have a big event called uh, the Champagne Days. Yes. Uh, uh, which is a great opportunity to visit not only Stockholm, we go to Malmo, we go to a, uh, uh, we tour around, uh, around Sweden with this, uh, at this moment. Something I love to do, yeah. Will you also go to Grand Champagne in, the, in Finland, Helsinki? Not myself, oh. but uh, from Dutch, yes, there will be somebody. Okay, okay. Yeah, yeah. hopefully I'll, I'll be able to go there. Oh, wonderful. But thank you so much uh, for participating in the podcast. And uh, it was really lovely to, to try all the champagnes. And uh, yeah, it's very well organized. Warm thanks to you. Warm thanks to you for your curiosity and for the chance you gave me to open those bottles <laughs> and to share it with you. Okay. Thank you. Thank you very much. Sådär, då var intervjun med Jean-Marc Lallier klar och eh, väldigt, väldigt roligt att få träffa honom. Jag hade jättegärna pratat mycket, mycket mer med honom. Jag vet att han, har, eh, eller han hade ett späckat schema. Jag var ändå eh, otroligt glad att han tog sig tiden till att prata med mig och ja, att ni då får självklart lyssna på honom. Som ni hör så är han ju otroligt... Eh, Ödmjuk, trevlig man och han är ju passionerad till champagne utan dess like. När jag frågar honom dels hur ofta han dricker champagne så de dricker champagne varje dag i princip. Och självklart i i måttliga mängder men det är ju någonting som som flödar i blodet. Och från Jean-Marc Larrier så är det ju ända från... Från barns ben. Jag tycker att det är roligt när man frågar vinmakare och ägare till champagnehus om vad de dricker för andra champagner mer än döds. Och man får ju aldrig nog svar och jag väntar fortfarande tills första gången som jag ska få något svar där. Men jag kan säga att jag provade ju Homage 2010 som är då, som jag sa tidigare, en champagne, en Blonde Noir, en 100% Pinot Noir från två stycken vingårdar som ligger då uppe på kullen ovanför dödskällare så det var väl en sydslutning om det var sydvästslutning och sen så var det en lite mera plan eh, vingård som låg uppe på själva slutningen. Jag tycker att den champagnen var jättebra nu men det kommer bli otroligt mycket bättre med tiden. Jag har lite grann nästan lite rökiga bollangervibbar på den där vilket gör den väldigt spännande och jag tror att den kommer att bli Jättebra med lagring. Jag satt faktiskt under lunchen där och gjorde en privat import på två stycken flaskor. Jag tror att den kommer ligga runt 1200 kronor på bolaget när den släpps. Nu är jag inte helt säker på att den kommer släppas men jag tror det. Men den går faktiskt redan nu att göra privat import på då via systembolaget. Så att är ni intresserade av det så... Tycker jag absolut att ni ska ta chansen. Och jag skulle vilja riktigt Otroligt, otroligt stort tack till bland annat Mårten. Jag vet att han har många duktiga personer runt omkring sig som hjälper honom. Men Mårten då på Swedish Brand Wines som gjorde det möjligt för mig att kunna komma till Labocka och få göra den här intervjun med Jean-Marc. Jag har även spelat in 
delar av lunchen. Alltså det som Jean-Marc säger om de olika champagner under lunchen som jag kommer släppa i ett Youtube-format. Det kommer inte vara världens bästa kvalitet, det är lite motljus. Men för de som är intresserade så är det ju självklart roligt att kolla. I övrigt då, vad som händer just nu så är det så att vi... Jag och Jessica, min sambo, vi öppnade upp webbshoppen och sålde slut på de här shakerserna otroligt snabbt. Så att det är nya shakers beställda och istället för 100 stycken som vi beställde första gången så har vi beställt 500 stycken så att de ska räcka lite grann längre. Och vi har även beställt t-shirtar som kommer komma i mitten på nästa vecka och vi kommer att få posters. Troligtvis den här veckan och sen en vad kan man säga, shopping bag eller en beach bag med lite snyggt champagnetryck som vi också kommer lägga ut i, i shoppen. Då. Eh, jag är faktiskt på, på jakt efter jag vill göra ett snyggt halsband eller ett, förlåt, ett fint armband. Någon typ av champagneateralj på så att... Eh, Känner ni någon där ute som sysslar och gör armband så får ni jättegärna höra av er till mig och, och ge personens eh, uppgifter så ska jag eh, kontakta. Så ska vi se om vi kan hitta på något tillsammans. Men i övrigt då vad som händer så har jag en del lite större provningar på gång och eh, den första är faktiskt eh, nere i Kivik och det är något som jag kallar för Non Vintage Challenge som kommer hållas den 28 april på Evapatoriet. Och där kommer vi då blindprova 14 stycken olika champagner. Jag har 13 stycken klara nu och vi kör med två flighter. Deltagarna får sätta betyg, vilken de tycker är bäst. Och även gissa vilken som är vilken. Jag kommer dela ut pris till de som gissar bäst och kommer även då publicera resultatet i de sociala medierna. Så att vi får se vilka champagne tycker svenska folket är bäst då. När man inte ser vad man dricker. Och jag kan avslöja att vi kommer att prova Bollanger, Special QV, Charles Heidsäck, Brutt Reserve, Dutz, Brutt Classic, Alfred Gracien, Brutt Classic, Paul Rocher, Brutt Reserve, Pierre Peters, QV Reserve, Louis Röderer, Brutt Premier, Ar Lenobel, Brutt Intens, Collet kommer ställa upp med sin Brutt, Laurent Parier kommer ha La QV, Mum Grand Cordon. De Sankal, Blonde Blanbrut och Kuppelikarte Verte och sen så är det en till champagne som ska in där då. Jag kommer även hålla den provningen i Stockholm och då kommer den vara på Bistro Crème som ligger på Blasumsgatan 1 och datumet för det kommer att vara så mycket som den 4 maj. Det finns fortfarande platser kvar där så att maila gärna martinetchampansweden.se om ni vill vara med på det. Jag kommer även hålla en provning som heter Rosé Battle som är egentligen lite grann samma upplägg som Non Vintage Challenge. Och, eh, där kommer vi då prova 12 stycken olika rosé champagner. Eh, två flighter, halvblint och eh, samma sak där. Pris till den som gissar flest rätt. Och, eh, jag kommer publicera resultatet, vilka champagner som, eh, som ni tycker bäst om. Och, eh, första omgången kommer vara i Stockholm den Troligtvis den 17 maj eh, och där har jag två stycken, eh, allting är inte helt klart där, men troligtvis 17 maj och det kommer antingen vara då på Blasiumsgatan 1 Bistro Crème, eller så kommer vi lägga den hos eh, Mr. French. Eh, jag tycker Mr. French är en fantastisk restaurang som 
som andas lite grann rosé där nere vid vattnet. Så att, eh, det ska vara roligt att hålla den där. Eh, alla champagner är inte klara, men de som är klara är eh, Bollanger Special QV. Alfred Gassien, vi kommer köra Paul Rocher Rosé 2008. Eh, Pierre Peters QV d'Alban. Louis Rödre Rosé 2012. Eh, Collet Rosé och även Laurent Perrier eh, Rosé. Så att det är väl lite granna om provningar. I övrigt vad som händer så ska jag och Jessica åka ner till Champagne vecka 11. Och eh, vi åker ner där för att samla material, göra intervjuer och ja, ha en riktigt, riktigt trevlig vecka helt enkelt. Efter det så kommer det troligtvis bära av till Grand Champagne i Helsingfors som är ett jättestort event. Går det 21 april. S.C. Avalan, kända champagneexperten som, som håller där och eh, jag har inte varit där tidigare men jag har hört att det är fantastiskt bra och det finns möjlighet att prova hela 250 olika sorter. Efter det så är det champagne i Stockholm 21 maj som vanligt Grand Hotel men jag tror att det kommer vara en, en liten ny twist på vilka som, som anordnar där. I övrigt så... Skulle jag verkligen uppskatta om ni går in och delar podden, självklart. Vi vill ju att så många som möjligt ska kunna lyssna. Och desto fler som lyssnar, desto större möjligheter har jag till att göra fler intervjuer och även hitta på lite andra tokigheter i framtiden. Passa även på att gå in på hemsidan champansweden.se och kika in i webbshoppen vad som händer där. Även då Youtube-kanalen Champansweden där ni kan hitta lite... Lite roliga videos och champagne-recensioner. Men nu så har jag att min sambo är klar i duschen. Och vi ska väl ta och äta lite skärkost faktiskt. Jag har varit på Söderkisen som ligger i Söderhallarna. Som jag tycker är en fantastiskt bra butik med trevlig personal. Och handlat tror jag, fyra olika sorts ost och tre olika sorts skärk. Som vi ska avnjuta då med, med lite rosé och en, en blande blan blir nog. Ja, vi får se vart, vart kvällen lider helt enkelt. I övrigt då så skulle jag vilja säga så som jag alltid säger. Och det är att vi dricker champagne alla dagar så slutar på G. serves the best and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. 
Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.